Welcome to Be Your Own Best Coach with JJ, the podcast. I believe that the best coach you can ever have is that one person that is staring straight back at you every morning in the mirror, you. Join me in discovering some key strategies so that you can create an empowered life and inspire others to live theirs. Your journey to being your own best coach starts right now. Welcome to Be Your Own Best Coach with JJ. Today, I'm so excited to interview 90s dollar cover girl and author and podcaster, Alison Daddo. Alison burst onto the Australian modelling scene as a 16-year-old, that is so young, Ali, um, in the mid-80s, and her career journey has travelled through roles in education, charities, podcasting and writing. Television soon followed with Channel 9 given, giving Alison her daily afternoon children's show, Guess What?, which enjoyed great success and she was a popular guest host of the iconic Here's Humphrey, which I used to watch, which cemented a place in the hearts of many Australian families. In 1991, Alison married actor Cameron Daddo and the pair immigrated to the USA where Alison's life began a new path. She studied acting and worked on television commercials, was cast in the pilot remake of The Valley of the Dolls and some episodes of comedy television. But this was not Alison's passion, teaching children. And you've got three beautiful children, I know. Taking care of children and indeed having her own children were her heart's desire and she took a break from the entertainment scene. Alison has always been active in charity work, sponsoring children of World Vision for three decades. From 2017 to 2012, she was involved with Gulu, you say how you say Gulu Walk? Gulu Walk, yeah. <laughs> and Invisible Children, a charity that works with rehabilitating child soldiers in Uganda. Wow. Her first book, Queen Menopause, a friendly, frank, compassionate and comprehensive companion for any woman experienced menopause, pointing to myself, <laughs> was published in 2022 by Alan and Unwin. She also co-hosts with her husband of 30 years on their hit podcast, Separate Bathrooms, which is fantastic. I've been listening to it, interviewing some of the most interesting couples in Australia. They take a look behind the closed doors of their relationship, Separate Bathrooms, has had over 100,000 downloads in 2021. Alison continues to write articles on parenting, relationships and the joys of being a woman. Her articles have been published in Kidspot, Powder Room, Graffiti and Mamma Mia. Welcome, Ali. Holy moly. That is I the best a- show I've ever had. <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> I know, I'm exhausted. This is the stuff that you do. No wonder you're, you're exhausted by the end of the year, Ali. Yeah, I guess so. That, that makes me sound, yeah, like I, I well, I kind of have been nonstop this year, but yeah, that was that was a huge enjoy. Thank you. <laughs> so, and and you've moved from the US, and I have to say before beforehand, it's so great to to chat with you. My husband's like, my husband had a big crush on you when he was young, and he's like, oh, can I come into the interview? I'm like, no, you can't. Thank you very much. But it's it's like every. Every boy wanted to probably uh, date you, and every woman wanted to be like you. Um, so that's a that's a pretty hard role model to sort of obtain, isn't it? Out there, 
Uh, it sure is. It sure is. And I, I, I really didn't have any understanding of that at all at the time, at all. Um, it wasn't until, it, it's honestly, it, it hasn't been until we've moved back to Australia that um, I've had, you know, person after person come up to me and go, oh, my God, you know, I had you on my wall. I had you on the cover of my high school books. I had you, you know, here, there and everywhere. And I was like, really? So it kind of, I mean, it's really lovely. It's taken me um, a little while to wrap my head around it and be completely okay with it, sort of coming out of so many years of being a very, very private, quiet person, you know, in LA and and being away from all of that to sort of coming back to Australia and, and having people come up and recognise me again. So, yeah, it's taken me a minute, but I'm, I'm really grateful. It's actually a really lovely experience. Oh, good. And so, and it's interesting because you, you guys were in the US for a long time, over 20 years, wasn't it? Yeah, 25 years, yeah. Yeah, you haven't got the accent, Ali. Look, apparently, I don't think I do, but every now and again someone asks me what part of America I'm from. I'm like, well, I'm from Sydney, I don't know. Uh, but I do every now, I still sometimes say put your sweater on and I need to fill the car up with gas. Um, oh, yeah. So those who haven't quite left and uh, left, the, left the vocab yet, but they're, they're slowly disappearing. I can, I can sort of feel it, feel it going away. My kids are very American, though. They've all got strong American accents. Wow, wow. Uh, and I'm really excited to, to talk to you today. I'm going to talk to you about your amazing book, Menopause, about menopause. Um, and as you know, I'm going through that at the moment. So I'm very, very interested in what you're going to say about that. Um, but before we do, you talked about uh, being more private in the US uh, when you were over there. How, how have you lived through, uh, even in the height of your fame in Australia, uh, how did you live through this pros and cons, I suppose, of fame? What do you think the pros are or were? And what do you think some of the challenges have been for you to, you know, live your family out there in the open and be judged and uh, even on your podcast, you're know, getting on social media. Um, so what are the pros and cons for you? Look, the pros are, you know, uh, in the heyday of it all financially it was amazing I was given opportunities to travel to places um, as a young girl um, that I never would have taken myself off to and and have experiences that were unusual travel experiences as well it wasn't just like oh we went to you know Hayman Island it was like yeah we went to Hayman Island and we and we went you know diving and we went to like um you know locations that no one else goes to because you've got to get the right color sand and so all of that sort of thing really um there's a lot of pros and and you know and I met some incredible people I made some really lovely friends uh in Australia back in the day that um that some of them are still my friends to this day too um and you know it opens it does open doors there's opportunities that do come to you without even sort of trying like that's part of that entertainment world where people seek you out to to do something like the guess what show I think I had mentioned on an interview somewhere that I love kids and um, always wanted to work with children because I always wanted to be a preschool teacher someone at channel nine saw that and went do you want to do a kid show 
I mean, that was amazing. What an amazing experience. So there's all of that. Um, so as far as the flip side of that, um, you know, it is the industry is, is a fleeting industry. It is um, you don't really climb the ranks. You can go from a high on one day, you're number one on one day, and then you're number 369 the next because someone else has replaced you that fast. It's not like you're in a job where you do this amount of work and that gets you to there. And then you study that and that gets you higher. And then you keep going up the, up the ladder, so to speak. You, it's not that. You just don't know when your day is going to come when no one wants you anymore. Um, yeah. And having both of us, you know, at that time in the industry, of course, my husband still is. I mean, it's just been the most ridiculous roller coaster as far as instability financial-wise, instability work-wise. Um, yeah. And that causes a huge amount of insecurity. And, um, you know, as far as modelling, I talk about this in the book, as you would know, that it's it, it left its scar on me in the sense of um, feeling for so, so long that my voice was unimportant, no one really cared about what I thought, felt, um, and who the hell would want to hear from me because uh, they only wanted to see me look pretty and that was it. Yeah. Um, so because I had done it at such an early age and I'd had success at such an early age um, and it was just because I was pretty, not because I was smart or funny or nice or had something smart, you know, intelligent to say. So all of that really threw me um, into this feeling of like very uh, feeling unworthy in a lot of in a lot of ways, in the ways that I wanted to feel worthy. Like, you know, being told you're pretty is that's lovely, but it doesn't it only takes you so far. If someone tells me gosh, what you've got to say is so interesting. It really moved me. It helped change my thought. I mean, that's like, that's that's the win of the day. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's that's really sort of in a nutshell, the flip side of it. Yeah. And, you know, when talk, people talk about like, your looks and all that sort of stuff, it's, it's because you're judged on that and as women... As oh, you get yeah. older and then you go through menopause, like right now I'm going through and I've put on weight and all that sort of stuff, I can't imagine having to do that in the public eye. Like I just couldn't imagine. And, and some of the stuff that I've been through in life, I've been married for 34 years with my hubby. Um, yeah. And just, yeah, and just going through all, all the things that you go through in life, you know, from marriage to kids to you know, all that sort of stuff. I couldn't imagine going through my life in the public eye when you go through any challenges. Like that must be really, yeah, really, really challenging for you guys. Well, look, and I think we've really only had, compared to other people, it's been very minuscule. Like you look at the yeah. Britney Spears and the Justin Biebers and the Adele's and the those left that level of fame that we never even got close to that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but that kind of scrutiny, I don't even know where you begin with that, yeah. where it, it's just horrifying to me. And people say, well, that's the price you pay, you know, if you're going to be in that industry. And I, I disagree with that. Yeah. I go, no, it's the price you pay at all. I think it's, it's just, you know, vultures out to sort of pick apart someone that just happens to be doing a job that they love to do. And, yeah. um, and it made me very, very nervous. Um, 
paparazzi stuff. I didn't like it. Um, so being in America where, yeah, no one knew who the hell I was, was yeah. a relief in, in a lot of ways. And I got to raise my children and um, out completely out of the public eye. So yeah. I was really grateful. Plus, you know, and I grew up, thank God, in a time where there wasn't um, all the social media stuff as well, because that's a whole other pressure now um, that I'm great. I feel pressure now as a 53-year-old <laughs> with social media. God knows what I've been like as a 16, 17-year-old. So, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, I, I really feel for those celebrities that can't, you know, can't wear the wrong coloured shoe unless they get put out on, you know, the cover of a magazine and completely torn apart. And I do feel, I do feel that the press is harder on women. I mean, Lisa Wilkinson is is just getting torn apart at the moment again. Um, yeah. And I just, I find that they are harder on women. I don't, you don't often see, you know, men out there, oh, he's put on weight and he's got a this and he's got a that and he's worn the same outfit twice, you know. <laughs> you never but, see that. <laughs> Don't see that as much, but God yeah. forbid if a woman does it. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. With with the the peaks and troughs, what I've what I've noticed about you and 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 Cameron and your family is that you you're so grounded, and I really find that so beautiful that you guys are grounded so that people can really relate. And I I really feel that on your podcast. One of the things I love about your podcast, separate bathroom. I keep thinking separate bedrooms. Everyone always does. What I loved about what I love about your podcast is that you you guys are so compassionate. And I love the you're grounded, you're compassionate. And the stories that you talk about, uh, one of them I was listening to was with um, one of the guys from the Wiggles, I think it was, who lost their baby. Um, yeah. And I really related to that because we've lost a baby too. So, you know, just listening to that and, and just the compassion that both you and Cameron had was just so beautiful. Um, so, and, and thinking about that podcast, what, what, what prompted you guys to do that? Like what was your objective? What did you want to get out of that? Yeah, we just really wanted, we started it like just before COVID actually, but, you know, COVID it was, it was an unknown word at that point. And um, we had just had like all this, we, you know, we never we would post anything with the two of us together. Um, people would be like, oh, I wish I had a marriage like you guys. I only my marriage was like that. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, well, if only you knew. <laughs> you, can't, you can't be married for a long time and it was all smooth sailing. It doesn't work that way. You know exactly what I'm talking about. So <laughs> I was like, okay. And I don't know who said it first, but we were both like, why don't we do a podcast and um, we'll sort of bare our souls and just go, look, we have been through the ringer. Um, we've been nearly divorced. We've come back together. We've hated each other we've loved each other we've done years of therapy because yeah. I just wanted people to feel like oh my marriage is normal as well they're not like this pedestal idea that we've got all of our crap together because we sure as hell don't yeah. um, and and then it just became about um you know really talking about 
you know, love and, and what helps a, what helps a relationship? What can we do to help ourselves? And so then we sort of, we've got a, had a lot of therapists on um, who give a lot of ideas. And then we just started talking to couples about their relationship and their longevity or their, or their traumas and how they've worked through that because somewhere someone's going to relate to that, you know. So yeah. Really loved it, really loved doing it. And have you found that therapeutic for you guys? Like, because I, I know some of the challenges we've had in our our life, uh, and as I said, we've been married, we've been together for 34 years. We've had some tragedy and stuff like that. And firstly, I found it really challenging the first time to tell my story because I think that takes a lot of courage to be yeah. able to tell your story. But then as I told my story, and one of the things I always remember is, is thinking to myself, if I'm going to tell my story, my story isn't, it's not, a, it's not about me. It's about yeah. me telling my story for a purpose yeah. um, and to help others. And so with you telling your story, it takes a lot of courage. You know, what, you know did that feel awkward when you first started talking? Um, did you have a good discussion beforehand going, okay, I'm going to share this story, I'm not going to share that one? Or is it just like organic? <laughs> No, we definitely talked before about where are we going to, how far are we going to tell our stories, like how in detail and which subjects are completely off the table and not to be brought to the podcast. Because yeah. um, even, you know, again, speaking of, you know, press, like we'll we'll talk about something that's very intimate and the press will take quotes out and make a, make up a story and, yeah. you know, that's been a bit weird. But um, and they've, they've quoted us so that we are actually, it's correct what, what we're saying, but they've put it completely out of context. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, I think the thing that for me is that I'm willing to talk about pretty much anything that I feel is settled within me. So yeah. if I am still really upset or really um, unstable, with something that I'm really working with. I don't really like to bring that to the podcast or to yeah. the public because I feel like I don't want people judging something that I'm that's still really raw and fragile for me. So if I'm good with it, if I've worked through a lot of it, um, then I'm like, yep, let's bring this. We've we've done the therapy, we've talked this through, we've we've uh, gone to the dark places. So I can do this now. We can we can talk about it. Yeah, I completely relate to that. And I, one of the stories that I have when, when we lost our our baby, um, I didn't even I wasn't even prepared really to tell that story. And I remember I was doing an event and there was a hundred people there, and I was running it. And one of the people put their hand up in the in the crowd, and I can't even what um, I can't even remember what she asked, but she asked something, and I thought I've got to serve this woman, and. And I, I said my story for the first time and it was all recorded and you could see my face like struggling to tell the story because I hadn't actually verbalised it and I hadn't actually yeah. even said some of that stuff to my own family yet. Um, but once I did, once I released that, it was like, wow, and I was doing it to serve that woman. Yeah. It was it's, it was like, okay, I'm okay with that now. <laughs> But for many, many years, I never shared that story. So I get that, you know, that you've got to feel that's the moment for me that I can now share that to help others. Yeah. 
that makes so much sense. I'm so sorry you lost a little one. Yeah, oh, thank you. It was, I've got a 24-year-old now, but, yeah, Raymond would have been, I think he's 28. She would have been 28 now. So, yeah, so, yeah, challenging, yeah. but we, you know, we all learn from all of, all of our challenges. So, yeah. so tell me a little bit about menopause <laughs> because you've got an amazing book. Now, I love your title, Queen Menopause, Finding Your Majesty in mayhem i'm trying to find my majesty in mayhem oh i know it takes a lot <laughs> and ali you know i i have we just didn't talk about my mum's 90 94 now and uh and i've got three sisters we never we've never talked about menopause yeah. i even asked after I, I was, you know, I was going through menopause and I asked mum, not just recently, mum, what, you know, how did you go through menopause? She goes, oh, I don't know. She like, I'm like, no, that doesn't help. Our <laughs> generation are barely, like, barely a blip in, in talking about it. Yeah. Um, it's just amazing that that's such a common theme that, like, yeah, that sort of, 80 to 90 you know all around that age sort of just like oh did I go through yeah I guess I did I don't really remember but um yeah. but every now and again someone goes I really remember my mom like she just became a different person for a while and then she got better but like so it's the kids who notice you know the kids who notice if it's if it's a rough time they, they do remember something when they think back oh oh that would make sense she was around 50 and she run screaming from the room really hot and didn't you know close the door on us all the time and <laughs> you know so people the kids might remember it a little bit more than the parents yeah well what were some of the symptoms like when did when did you start to go shit I think um, there's some changes happening now within yeah. you it was about um I think I was around I think there was things happening even early earlier than um 45 but there yeah. was something, something going on. Um, uh, Are you hearing that voice? No. Oh, okay, it's so weird. I'm getting a voice saying something went wrong. Please try again. I'm like, oh, really? No. Is that a symptom of menopause? You start hearing oh, voices? No, I've got to hear voices oh, telling me something. Um, yeah, so... Uh, it was my cycle that started going wonky. That was the very first symptom where um, I would have ridiculously heavy periods and yeah. then I'd have nothing for three months and then I'd have periods every two weeks. Um, so that was the first thing. And then the sleep started being interrupted even more. Uh, I, I, the, I mean, I could hear a, a leaf blow across the yard and be awake. Yeah. Um, and then the hot flushes began. They began once we'd moved back to um, Australia. That was when I was started to experience that. So that they were the beginning signs. Yeah. And uh, are you still getting hot flushes? I need to know because <laughs> driving me. My husband's like, "Oh, come on!" Like it just happened. Well, for me, it's just like this instant thing. And even my head gets really hot. And I yeah. get sweaty on my upper lip and I and then but I take everything off and then the next minute I'm cold in bed. So I've got yeah. 
<laughs> absolutely absolutely um, yes well I'm grateful to say I'm post-menopausal now um, um, and I used to get I mean I was getting hot flushes oh, like uh, you know 10 a day easily on average easily I might get yeah. one uh, one every one not even one a day maybe like three a week or something like that and nowhere near where I've got to strip my clothing off because that was me as well where I'd be at the dinner table and I'm like I, I actually can't sit I've got to get outside I've got to take everything off um you know the kids have come out with an ice pack <laughs> put it on the back of my neck um <laughs> you know and then and then yeah that's the thing like you cool then you cool off and you're like right I've got to put my put all my clothes back on again and, <laughs> yeah, myself down um so that I don't get, they're nowhere near as volcanic as they were. Yeah. And I didn't even know there was like, what do you call it, pre, this pre-menopausal, isn't it? Yeah, perimenopause. Yeah. Peri, that's right. Yeah. So I don't even know what stage I'm on, but um, but it, it affected, you know, you say in your book, how you really, you went into a deep, you know, it really affected you um, mentally. Tell me a little bit about that and how you coped with that. Yeah, that was really the most, by far the most challenging part. I mean, yes, it was challenging. The weight gain was challenging and all the physical stuff was really, really hard. But I had never um, emotionally felt the way I was feeling. My, I had the most like, like severe anxiety um, and depression that the depression gratefully didn't last a super long time probably a couple of months is what I'm thinking at its yeah. worst um and that was just things that I had uh, the feelings that I, I had just never experienced in my life before and um you know trouble getting out of bed I didn't feel there was a reason to get out of bed I didn't feel there was a reason to do anything anymore I felt like I was worthless and that my life was worthless um, I was having all of these sort of suicidal thoughts. Um, and as I say, again, in the book, I had all those thoughts, but at the same time I had like another thought <laughs> that was kind of like looking down on me going, what, what are you doing? What is happening right now to your mind, to, you know, where are you going with this, the, these thoughts? Um, and I'm grateful that I had whatever those thoughts, whether that was a, you know, a spirit guide or another part of my brain or whatever it was, but that thought going, hang on, honey, hold up, because this is not a rabbit hole. You really want to stay down and and, and, and follow through with, with where you're taking this. So, um, yeah, I slowly was able to pull myself out of that, that very dark place, which I'm super grateful for. And I've never, ever felt that way again yeah yeah and how did you you know how did your family go through and, and support you through through that like hubby and the kids and you know did they how did they support you through it it was really difficult because I didn't really know what was going on a lot of the time and I couldn't articulate it very well because I wasn't sick yeah um, I, you know and I it was just like I wasn't me and um and I was writing the book at the same time so I that was helpful in the sense I was learning more and more about menopause and perimenopause and 
all that all the symptoms that come with it so I kept on going okay this is not abnormal this is this can be part of of the experience of menopause um but I just made sure that particularly for the kids that um it was nothing to that they knew there was nothing that they were doing that that was causing me to feel that the way I was yeah um it was just what I was going through something and I was going to be okay um yeah. just to reassure them and then for Cam it was it was for sure hardest on him because I'd become a different wife I uh, you know at that point we were uh, already like not sleeping in the same room because I couldn't sleep I was keeping him awake he would he yeah. would snore and I you know try to roll him over I had to have the covers off while in the middle of winter um, yeah. you know <laughs> you know, no, no. Uh, you know my head was running at a million miles an hour, so I couldn't rest. Um, so it's often I'd need to get up and read or write in a journal or do something as well. So, um, yeah, and I just didn't want to particularly be touched. I didn't want, um, I didn't know what I wanted for, for yeah. a long time. So it was really challenging on our marriage and on him for sure. Yeah. So did you from uh to with menopause, did you take anything for it, anything natural, anything that's helped you? Yeah. So look, I have always been a naturopathic person. So you know, since I was a young girl, I've always gone naturopathic in my um in my healing <laughs> modalities. So that's the first place I went to. I went to my gorgeous naturopath. Um, and she then sent me to this amazing sort of hormone specialist who did all this blood work. So that's the first thing I always tell women, go nice. get all your bloods done because then you can find out where you're imbalanced. Like do you need more vitamin D or B or where's your iron levels at? Where's your thyroid at? Yeah. So once you know all of those, where all where you're at those kind of level wise, you can start to build the balance back in your body that way. Yeah. And that's immediately going to help your hormones because if you're out of balance in one place, your hormones are going to be one of the first things that gets affected from what I have learned and understood. So mm -hmm. she had me immediately taking all sorts of like, um, uh, you know, vitamin D and all that kind of stuff to, to balance me out. Then my naturopath helped me with my anxiety with something called GABA, G-A-B-A. Okay. Um, yeah, she had me um, on like all these amazing tonics to sort of help balance my hormones. Um, she had me on, you know, extra magnesium to help me sleep. So she was sort of dealing with more the mental load for me. Um, she she was like giving me mantras to say and um, you know things to visualize at night when I couldn't sleep and uh, so that's that's the way I went um, and uh, you know that that's what worked for me it's it's the I think it's a longer it's a longer way to get to the end result is going that way for sure where yeah. I know and spoke to so many women that did HRT and felt better in a week. Right. So that's something that I think is really important to know. And it's a great, great tool is HRT. It just, you just need to feel right with it. That's all, that's all that matters. And, you know, I just, I always <clears throat> say that because I don't want anyone thinking I am anti-HRT. I'm actually very pro-HRT. 
because of how much it's helped women um, across the world, really. Um, And they've and they keep on working on it as well and making it better and better HRT. So there's a lot of there's a lot of different and then there's plant-based hormone replacement therapy as well. Um, And I don't, you know, I'm no doctor, so I don't know enough about it to really speak properly, but there's some amazing doctors doing amazing things. Um, uh, thank God, uh, and creating some great websites and information for women to to learn more about it. Yeah, and I'm so I'm someone that I don't know. I've I've been brought up. I don't even take a Panadol unless I've got a really <laughs> really bad headache. Right. So yeah. for me, it's it's always natural all the way. It's and and I'm I'm probably someone like I haven't even gone to the doctors about it or a naturopath. I haven't just my husband kept going, maybe you should just go to someone. And I think naturopath is more my journey of where I would go. Um, yeah. But there's some good things about menopause as well because and I don't know if you've got some some good things to share. But one of my things is that because I had endometriosis. Yes. Okay. So, um, and I've had that since I actually got it when my son Dylan, who's 24 now, was born. So, because he had, a, I had an emergency theater. and so okay. I don't know what happened, some tissues or whatever was transferred when I had my caesar, and I got endometriosis, and I've had it like really badly for 24 yeah, yeah. years. Yeah. Um, and I remember that, and I haven't taken anything for it for 24 years. Um, and I remember the doctor saying to me, once you go through menopause, you it will probably fix endometriosis. I'm thinking, really? And it has. <laughs> so I was hoping you were going to say, yeah. It has. I mean, and so I keep saying to my husband, I'll take that hot flush any day. I'll take it any day. Because <laughs> the endometriosis is gone. It's so painful. Yeah. It's so painful to know that that's heading your way every month. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, holy cow. I, I'm grateful to say that I did not have it. I, yeah. I certainly had some painful periods, but um, I have friends of mine that had it and, you know, they were out for two days. It was like couldn't get out of bed, just in so much pain. Um, yeah. And that is one of the benefits. It doesn't, it's not, it's not guaranteed that you yeah. will it'll cure it but there's a it's often the case that um endometriosis is cured by menopause which i'm like yay that is such a nice thing to hear that all that suffering you know that finally there's there's a there's something that it does give us but it you know i think the thing that i always talk about um and and again having spoken to women who are postmenopausal is this there is so much of a sense of freedom that women are experiencing postmenopausal, not only because you are no longer tied to knowing once a month you, you're getting your period. Yeah. You know, you now, you know, it you no longer can a lot of women feel great that they no longer can get pregnant. They don't have to worry about that anymore. So they feel a sense yeah. of freedom in that in that way as well. Um but what changed for me was, is, you know, how I looked at myself um, physically and emotionally. It was like, when am I going to stop judging myself? When am I going to, to be kinder to myself? You know, yeah. I'd been at war with my body for so long. And then menopause, perimenopause came, came along and 
I put on a ton of weight. I felt like I aged overnight, went through all the emotions that that sort of caused and then went, you know, what? when am I going to, when am I going to start liking myself and being a little kinder? You know, yeah. I'd been so mean my whole life and society tells us that aging is crap and aging is a disease. And I was like, you know what? Fuck that. Yeah. I, I'm actually, I'm actually going to go against that. I'm actually yeah. going to go against that and go, you know what? Yep, I've got a, I've got a big belly now. I'm four sizes bigger, but my body works, and that's yeah. what I'm going to go off of. I'm going to love that. I'm going to love the fact that my body works, yeah. um, and that I've just felt like I could actually say that and mean it for the first time. I could actually take the care with my body that it actually had been crying out for for so long to actually go you know, go to the doctor, go get a massage, go, go um, do the things that you need, take the time for your mental health. But I never did because, you know, as, as mums and women, we're, we're, we're so driven in our way of thinking that it's all about sacrifice. You know, that's what we should be doing. Um, You know, and, and again, that, that thing that we do so well from the age of 13, 14, your first period, you just get on with stuff. You just get on, it really hurts, but you keep going. And yeah. I was like, you know what? Menopause really hurts, but I'm not going to keep going. I'm actually going to stop and go, what can I do? What can I do that's actually going to really feel good to myself? So that was, that's was that been a huge, huge, huge turnaround for me. Um, and just feeling like now I don't have any problem, you know, because I, I was such a, a, a dyed-in-the-wall people pleaser being able to go, actually, no, I don't want to do that. And um, I can't come. Thanks for asking, but I can't come. Or, or you know, yes to things that I never would have said yes to. Yeah, I'll try that. Yeah, why not? You know, um, so th- that's just that whole attitude that pretty much across the board, um, most women have landed in um, post-menopause. Everyone I've spoken to um has felt that way about their lives and have felt so much this energy surge and this ability to sort of just go, sure, let's try it. Why not? And I love that. I think that's such uh, an exciting message and such a good message to get out to women to know that there's so much more life ahead than, um, than we think there is when we, when we hit that point in our lives where our body changes and, you know, you forget what your child's name is. Well, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that, that just ties in beautifully with, I mean, my, my podcast is called Be Your Own Best Coach. Mm. And I often say to my clients that the, the, the person that you look in the mirror, like you're the best coach you can ever, ever get is the one that you look in at the mirror every single day because you're always communicating to yourself. You always got this self-talk about looking at yourself or or any, any self-talk about, you know, how are you encouraging yourself? Are you empowering yourself? Or are we speaking to us like, you know, we would never speak to our best friend like that. So, yeah. uh, you know, I think that those sort of strategies, I think, are really important um, to be our own best coach. And and being a mum, as you and I both are, I think it's so important because our kids, whether we we think they see it or not, they they learn from us and they learn 
how we can empower ourselves and or if we have this negative self-talk, even if it's in our head, but most of the time it will come out like, oh, it's my bum, look a bit big, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't got any daughters, but I know that I've said that and, you know, stuff like that and it's like, well, just stop that. Who cares about your bum, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's about how we can be the best version of ourselves and I think that's uh, a beautiful journey that comes out the end of menopause, so I'm looking forward to having more of that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, sure, you, you have to sort of, you have to kind of choose that path as well. Like it doesn't just magically delicious land on your plate, but, mm-hmm. um, but I think it's so much more available to you. Um, yeah. And it's, it's what we need. It's what we need as women. We don't need to feel like washed up, tired crones at the end of our life. We need to feel like we're vibrant and smart and wise and have so much to share, you know, and we do. We really, really do. Yeah. So what what is your... What, where do you, what's your legacy, I suppose? What do you want to leave in this world? What's, what's your purpose? Mm, gosh. I am, um, I do, like, adore to help people. I've always been in, involved in charities um, since I was young. Um, and I love to see that I have somehow made a difference in someone's life. And um, I think that's been by far the best thing about writing this book and the response to the the book that honestly took me by surprise that I just wrote, I wrote my story because I really didn't want other women to go through perimenopause and menopause not knowing and feeling alone like I did. And um, just to feel like you are, part of the collective and not alone and your experience is not some standalone horrible weird thing that there's so many other women out there experiencing it and so many other women um getting through it and and to normalize that and to know that you know you've got so much more ahead of you so yeah I just I just want women women especially I've I I just want them to feel better about themselves, you know. Yeah. We're just taught we're taught the opposite in so many ways, in so many little ways that um it's hard to fight against what society wants to tell us. So yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So Ali, how can they grab your book? How can people, listeners, grab your book? I'm imagining that it's all in the best bookstores and online. It is. It is. It's yeah. been hard apparently to find in bookstores. I keep on hearing because it's um it's been sold out, which is kind of a good and a bad thing. Um, but I know like the big the big shops, the Dimex has it. Um, but if not, uh, Booktopia online has it. Um, yeah. So just if you just Google Queen Menopause, it should come up somewhere. <laughs> so I encourage listeners to buy the book. Um, so it's Queen Menopause, Finding Your Majesty in the Mayhem by Ali Dado, Alison Dado, and uh, and also to listen to your amazing podcast, Separate Bedroom Bathrooms. They are saying bedrooms. That's all right. <laughs> bathrooms. Um, I think that is fantastic. You go through all different subjects, uh, and I think it's really interesting. And you've got a bit of a combination of having guests and then you and, and Cameron talking about different things and similar to what I do. So I really love yeah. that combination too, Ali. I love when you have a guest and then you guys will just have your own thing that you're going to be talking about. So I really love that combination. 
So uh, it's been such a pleasure talking to you, Ali. I've got I've got ten fun questions to leave with. Um, yeah. Rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. These are fun. Okay. The best best piece of advice you've been given. Oh gosh, best piece of advice is um, um, when you create something. Don't follow it around like it's your child. Create something and put it out into the world and let it go. Beautiful. I love that. I'm going to remember that one. Uh, what is your superpower? I'm amazing at finding lost things. Like oh. it is a serious superpower. I am amazing. Like everyone knows it. <laughs> because my, you know what my son says to me? He says, Mom, I'm sure you've got a secret portal somewhere because someone will say, I can't find it. And I'll go, duh, 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 here it is. <laughs> it's something us mums do. We just know. Like, I Have a look at the bottom of your laundry basket. Is it there? Oh, my yeah. God, Mum, it was there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the other superpowers I think you've got, well, I know that you've got is kindness. So I just wanted oh. to mention that. I think you're very kind. Um, who would play you in a movie? Well, I always say this one because I used to get, I used to, people used to say I looked like her and I think we're a good age now, Michelle Pfeiffer. Ah, yes. She's beautiful, isn't she? Uh, what, what, what's one thing on your bucket list? Um, I really want to go to the Amalfi Coast in Italy. Beautiful. I love Italy. Gorgeous. Um, what's a favourite thing you like to cook or eat or both? Ooh. Um, well, I mean, I'm a big, I'm, I'm a big sort of roast girl. I love roast with all the mm. and potatoes and salad and trimmings and stuff like that. I love cooking. Now, I love, I actually love baking um but i don't eat desserts really much anymore but i do love uh baking cakes and stuff i used to do that a lot so um i'm completely obsessed with pumpkin at the moment i don't know why but it's just i'm in love with pumpkin. <laughs> so i love to eat it cook it whatever if it's pumpkin i'm there for it <laughs> uh, where is your favorite holiday destination i think Oh, gosh, it's hard to say because we've had our best holidays in Hawaii as a family, like across the board. We've been there three or four times. Every time has been absolutely incredible. So, um, pro yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll stick with Hawaii. That's yeah. on my bucket list. That's one place I haven't been. So uh, what's your best beauty tip? Sleep. Sleep. Ah, good one. I'm, I'm a good sleeper, so I'm very fortunate. Uh, what would your yeah. What would you tell your 17 year old self? Oh gosh, it's the first thing I thought of, which is a weird one. Is um, get a financial advisor <laughs> and and be smart with your money and um, you know put put things away, put money away, um, and just be kinder to yourself. Yeah, beautiful. I think I need all of those. Um, that mean, I should be telling myself that too. So like you're talking to me. <laughs> what is uh, something that most people don't know about you? Hmm. That 
Oh, maybe they don't know this, actually, that I have been for the longest time. My grandmother was obsessed with sharks. Yes. And she uh, she was, I used to spend all my time with her and, and her and my grandfather. And so from a young age, I have been obsessed with sharks. If there's a shark documentary, I will watch it. I will read books on them. I just adore sharks. Terrified of them too, but I love them. <laughs> I still sometimes go into the water and the beach and think I just hear that Jaws, d -d 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 -d. <laughs> that's enough for me. <laughs> I know, it causes a lot of damage. <laughs> um, and the last thing, if you could change one thing in the world, what would it be? Cruelty. Just cruelty. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Ali. It's been such a pleasure having you. And as a, I could talk to you for hours because there's so many questions I could ask you, but I'm really, you know, I'm really blessed to have you on the show and that you've given your time to the viewers. And I know there's lots of great stuff that you've shared today that's going to help others. So thank you so much. Wow, thank you so much for having me. It was really lovely talking with you too, Janelle. Thanks, Ellie. Human connection is imperative to our own personal growth. One of the best ways to accelerate learnings is to get out of your normal environment and surround yourself with like-minded people who support your growth. In February 2023, seven lucky people will be joining me at a self-expression retreat in the beautiful coastal town of Torquay in Victoria, Australia. You could be one of them. Staying at a gorgeous Hampton-style home in your own private room, you will enjoy luxury five-star accommodation with our own personal top chef. You can take a dip in a plunge pool or take a quick walk to the stunning beachfront. This retreat is all about self-expression, tapping into the different sides of your personality that may have been dormant for a while or maybe you didn't even know existed. You will have experiences like no other retreat you've been to, from leadership with horses, silent walks, cooking, MasterChef experience, an art class, a lifestyle photography session where you take away a beautiful photo of yourself. We have an awards night where you dress up and we even have karaoke. And it wouldn't be a retreat without a massage at a day spa. Now, the self-expression workshops will help you challenge any limiting beliefs and support you in becoming the new upgraded version of yourself. Interested? Contact me at jj at janellejohnston.com.au. So that's the letter jj at janelle, J-A-N-E-L-L-E, Johnston, J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N.com.au for more information.